come on. Yeah, come on. It's like that. It's like that. Hello and welcome to my young, loyal listeners of Teen Bible Study Talk in 10 Minutes. So what do you know? Word on the go. This podcast is brought to you by and produced by Real Time with the Bennett, where real talk happens all the time. I'm your host, Minister Bennett, of today's episode, and my co-host is the lovely Sister Bennett, as my husband affectionately calls me. Thank you for allowing and trusting us to be a part of your Christian walk. In this week's episode, we will be discussing the ruler who cares for his people according to God's word. We are back live in the PNT Podcast Studio with another great lesson for another great week. And yep, you guessed it. We're going to talk about the ruler who cares for his people. Or better yet, how we should be a reflection of the ruler who cares for his people. So let's get right down to it. Let's give out this definition. The world and the biblical meaning of care. Look after and provide for the needs of. And we can find this biblically in 1 Corinthians 12, 25, and 27. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffer, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Many of us are no different than other Christians, viewing care as a job solely for God. When we should view it as a responsibility from God. We do not quite comprehend why God calls us to care. Through caring, God can manifest his nature his character, and his will to all the world and all humanity. It is therefore justifiable and a reasonable expectation that we should show care for one another as a means for God's manifestation to be put on full display to those suffering in life. Without a doubt, God cares for the whole body of Christ, not just the arm or the leg. He cares for each and every one of us, my young loyal listeners. There's not a day that goes by that he, the all-knowing, all-loving, all-caring, all-providing God, checks on your needs. As Christians, we need to do a better job distinguishing between what a need versus what is a want. Once we figure that out, I think we can truly see God as the ruler who loves his people. Yes, I changed it from cares to love. God is love, and love is God. If we are to be a reflection of God, then we must learn to love even when it hurts to do so. 2 Corinthians 5.14 For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. Let me start by saying, Christ's sacrifice should be what moves us from focusing solely on ourselves that we show the nature of God to those around us, those who we come in contact with, and those God placed in our path. But this scripture causes us to take a pause to evaluate what we truly believe or not about who died for what and who. So let's piece this together. Let's, let's do this. Let's start with who Christ died for. Excuse me if I'm rehashing stuff you veterans as Christians already know. But we need to, we need to share to the next generation or that babe in Christ. So in this case, it just means you need to be spreading which you already know more often. Okay, I digress. We're going to look at John 3.16 to answer the who Christ died for. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world. We're going to pause right there. It didn't say 
God so loved Canada, Ethiopia, Cameroon, Israel, or Germany. By that list, or by the fact that it just says the world, I think that we can agree from this scripture that is very well known that Christ died for all. So that settles it. So let's move on to the next piece. What did Christ die for? We now know who he died for, but what did he, what did he die for? We can use the same scripture. And the rest of it says this, because I paused. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So let's pause again. This makes it abundantly clear what and why Christ died. Yep, you guessed it. We answered a bonus question, why? If you aren't convinced by this preponderance of evidence about who, what, and why Christ died, I strongly suggest you go back and read the book of John in its entirety. But as we go to break, I want you to begin to think of some ways you can know God cares and loves his people. So don't go nowhere. We'll be right back after this short break. We are back live in the PNT podcast studio after that short break. And we're going to look at some practical ways to know if you're the reflection of the ruler who cares for his people. I know it's easy to listen to the voice of the enemy, your friends, and those who tell you what you want to hear. Who says there will never be a moment when I do not feel pain. I will caution you. Listen to those people that contradict God will always lead us to more pain and leaves us questioning our future. When we need God's honest encouragement, whether we're facing a financial crisis, health problems, or feeling emotionally drained, we can be certain of this one thing. God promises to provide for his people. God's word is his promise. We can cling to each and every word, no matter the situation. Let's talk about how you can reflect this in your life. Number one, he takes care of our physical needs. God promises to provide what we need. Philippians 4.19 He created the universe and gives food to every living thing, including you and me. The same God who provides food for the animals will not allow us to go without. Keep that in mind. Number two, He provides direction. God guides us and directs us and our steps so we can fulfill His greatest purpose for us. Proverbs 20 and 24. Many times we see his direction most clearly when we look back. Yes, look back. We think we know what's best or what's best or what the best thing is to do. And we kick ourselves at every bump along the way when we've decided to do it our way. But again, when we look back, we realize God has positioned us through those bumps to experience something far greater than we could have ever imagined. Ephesians 2 and 10. Number three, he shows us how to escape temptation. God always provides a way out when we face temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Just as Jesus combated Satan's temptation in the desert, God promised to provide us with a way to defeat any temptation that comes our way. God knows we will face temptation and he gives us the resources we need to overcome those trials, which is his word and his spirit. When we are prepared by studying his word and practicing to live by the spirit, God promises we will always be able to escape temptation the devil puts in our path. So we have to study his word and live by the spirit. Number four, he helps us when we're hurting. God promises to help us when we're hurting. 
Psalm 34, 17 through 20. When life is hard, when the pain feels too much to bear, we don't need to hide from God. We need to run to God and not to man. He is our refuge and our strength and our ever-present help in times of trouble, Psalm 46 and 1. So you can always trust and rely on God, unlike man. Number five, he points us to the truth. In this day and age, it feels as if you cannot trust anyone. Lies, lies, and more lies seem to be a part of everyday life. But God gives us a way to know the truth. He gave us his word. The Bible is the easiest place we can turn to, to know what is true and what's not, what's of God and what's not. And we can also find that if we spend more time praying and asking God, we can also know this truth. 2 Timothy 3 and 16. Hey, let's see what they're rapping about over here in the conversation corner. Hey, Minister Bennett. What y'all rapping about over here? Thank you, Minister Bennett, for your message. We enjoyed that, but we looked at a different perspective of Karen. We were chatting about how those who are in different positions are put there because they have a heart for their people, a heart that cares and wants to see people succeed and be of good health, a heart that opens minds to endless possibilities of success, a heart that teaches us how to be good servants. We talked about how doctors care for their patients, how teachers care about the well-being of their students, how world leaders care for their citizens, and let's not forget about the pastors and ministers who care for their flock. For the doctor, we know we must take care of our temples, our bodies. For the teacher, we must learn and study to be successful. For the president, we must be good, upstanding citizens. And for the pastor and ministers who speak on behalf of God, we must live a life that's pleasing and acceptable to God because that's our reasonable service. Being in a leadership role can be a very heavy burden for some, and they may not see the rewards of their labor. We must respect our leaders. We must pray for our leaders because one day you, yes, you, may be in one of those positions and people may rely on you to care about them, their issues or concerns. You must have a heart to care. There are too many selfish people that only care about themselves and feel like the world owes them something. Don't be one of them. Work hard to get what you want. Rely on God to open doors for you instead of trying to always look for the easy way to get things. Trust him to make ways for you, but you must also do your part. When you feel like no one cares about you, think about the way your parents, your grandparents, that family member, that mentor, that best friend care about you and the love they have for you. And just think that God loves you so much more than that. He cares so much that he knows the number of the hairs on your head. He created you to love and care for others. So put the work in. And like Nike says, just do it. And don't forget, we answer your questions or read your comments on the fourth or fifth week of each month. Don't worry, you can remain anonymous. No pressure there. Drop us a line at pntpodcast2020 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. In summary, the importance of being a reflection of the ruler who cares for his people. God is a caring father. He came down from his heavenly throne in the form of a man, and he paid the price for our sins. He was rich, but for us he became poor. Scripture tells us the reason we are able to love is because God first loved us. His love for us should motivate us to do what seems impossible, which is to love others more than we love ourselves, and make sacrifices for people just like Jesus sacrificed his life for our bad attitudes, our bad habits, and sins. God hears the cries of his children, which we are, 
and he deeply cares for us because we are his. As Christians, my young, loyal listeners, we are to be a complete reflection of God on earth, and we are to care for others as well. We must stop being selfish and lose the what's in it for me mentality and allow God to use us as he sees fit for the advancement of his kingdom. Never stop doing little things for others. Sometimes those little things occupy the biggest part of their hearts. As always, please don't forget to subscribe and share so that you and your friends will get all future notifications when new and exciting episodes are uploaded and posted. Until next time, stay safe and live a life holy and acceptable to God. After all, it's your reasonable service. With a special thank you to LJ Productions for post-productions editing techniques that's used for this podcast. This podcast was sponsored in part by the Body of Christ Church in Waldorf, Maryland, Pastor Kenneth E. Stewart, its Christian education ministry, in association with Real Time with the Bennetts. Well, real talk, what? You got it. Happens all the time. Yeah, it's like that.